0: Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the SaaS Sessions podcast. Today we have Soumya Moni on the show with us. Soumya is currently the Director of Marketing at Inkshire Technologies. They are the largest providers of digital applications and technology solutions on various SAP platforms. So hey Soumya, uh, such a pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Thank you, Sunil. Uh, it's my pleasure. And I heard I you say that this is your first series for 2021. So looking forward to this. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: Awesome. So, uh, Somya, I gave a very short intro about you and InkChore Technologies. So can you tell us more about you and, you know, how how... How did you get into the world of SaaS?
1: So I have been with tech marketing primarily in B2B space for the last 21 years or so. I've mm-hmm. worked with various organizations, starting midsize to startups to, you know, very large MNCs as well. So my career uh, span has been in products, equally mixed with products and services, until the very last uh, organization that I worked with prior to Incure is mm-hmm. Unisys where I handled the services marketing group. And also, uh, um, since Unisys built its own security products, I was involved in a, se- a security uh, product as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've handled products uh, catering to multiple markets. At Incher, you know, Incher is a digital applications company and we build uh, digital applications on SAP cloud platform, which is now called the SAP business technology platform. So we use uh, several components of what uh, an on-prem application would do, but on cloud. Mm -hmm. And uh, many of SAP's customers are moving towards the S4 implementation journey. So -hmm. we are enabling that digital transformation for them, moving or connecting some of their on-prem Systems to the cloud, so uh, we've built close to 100, 150 applications nice. on the uh, on the system itself, and these have been both custom as well as productized uh, applications or templates, as we call them. Mm-hmm. And many of these applications are available on the SAP App Center, which is their uh, marketplace for yep. uh, you know selling their services and products, as you may be aware uh we are a 500 member organization growing about uh, 30 to 35 percent year on year uh, in fact in the covid year itself we've sort of grown uh, quite well because of the amplification of digital through the pandemic so that's a little bit about myself and you know what i do in Insure or what Incha does
0: nice that's that's really great and and you know talking about your your role at incture right Director of marketing. So can you tell us what kind of activities that you do at incture and what what have you planned you know for twenty twenty one
1: So you know, whole gamut of things. So marketing essentially serves three objectives, uh, Sunil. One is creating market awareness or brand awareness. We being SAP partners, of course, a lot of our co-selling or co-marketing depends on SAP. So we do that very effectively with SAP across the geos that we operate in. North America is, of course, one of our biggest markets, but we're also present in Middle East, Europe, and asia pack mm-hmm. so uh, really on market awareness you know demand generation and the third one is sales enablement these are the three core objectives that we look to fulfill as part of you know any marketing planning exercise regardless mm-hmm. of which year you may be operating in and uh, therefore, you know, building out the go-to-market strategy or looking at, you know, what campaigns to drive, whether it's regional or global, and how do we steer those campaigns with SAP is what the focus has been over the last few years. Um, right. And particularly last year, even in the COVID year. And I, you know, I jokingly say this to many people that, you know, corona, there used to be marketing before Corona yeah. and that's BC. D.C. marketing, D.C. marketing and A.C. marketing. Mm-hmm. A.C. marketing is really after Corona and we are still in the D.C., which is during Corona marketing. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that phase still continues and hopefully we will come out of it and we will get to see what A.C. Um, or after Corona marketing looks like. But really, given that we have been at the forefront of selling digital applications, our marketing also has to sort of very quickly move into digital. Mm -hmm. And given that we are uh, co-selling with SAP and co-marketing with SAP, a lot of the channels that we use for, you know, promoting our products and services are from SAP. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and so 2021, the focus would be more narrow and deep, I would say. It will be about, you know, account-based marketing. That's where the focus would lie where mm-hmm. we would uh, you know look at our high value accounts and start to see how we can uh, mine them so uh, really the focus would be on account farming mm-hmm. while net new continues to be a strategic focus and demand generation will drive net new But I think about 50 to 60, I would say it'll be 50-50, like 50% of our time would be spent on account mining and making sure that the accounts that we have, we grow them strategically. And once we've got net new logos of last year, we look to these accounts over the course of this year. So that would be Mm -hmm. the focus of 2021. Zero in on would be on account-based marketing with focus on high value and strategic accounts.
0: That's really great. And, and I think a lot of companies are, are, you know, trying to use more of segmentation and more of personalization as they go into 2021, as they were not using before, right? I've spoken to a lot of marketers and, uh, you know, they, they, they don't really, even in, in B2B, right, where personalization and segmentation is, is really important, right? Because every, even if it's a B2B sale, it, you have to you know, all your marketing content and all your marketing copy has to talk, like, you know, you, as if you are talking to that one particular person in that one particular company that you are targeting, right? So, okay. so and, and in, in, you know, in the COVID era, like all the sectors and all different companies were affected differently, right? Like some, some companies are ready to buy solutions. Some companies, you know, uh, have faced losses and, you know, even they are in need of, you know, those solutions, but they just cannot afford, right? So, and, and you know, developing to 2021, things are going to be different for uh, both of these companies, not only two, but there might be some, you know, different types of companies as well, who have faced different kind of uh, effects of 2020 on them. So in this case, right, like how, again, as you said, right, we are in the DC phase, like during Corona phase of, of marketing. So in this case, like, how are you segmenting your ICP, right? Like what, what kind of segments that you have created and what kind of segments that you have emerged because of COVID?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Excellent question and observation as well, Sunil, and you have summarized this well. So mm-hmm. for us, let's first understand what ideal customer profile means, right? Mm-hmm. Now that we yeah. are redefining to what uh, marketing is doing in, uh, you know, driven by certain triggers and events uh, mm-hmm. globally. So uh, ideal customer profile is really about defining the firmographic, which includes certain environmental and behavioral aspects or mm-hmm. attributes of accounts. Uh, which are likely to uh, become company's most valuable customers, right? Mm -hmm. So over the last uh, year, what we've discovered is based on looking at some of the data that we had internally as to where we've sold, how we, you know, opened accounts, Mm -hmm. we've realized that, you know, there are, we started to segment our entire customer base. Of course, we had segmentation to a large degree, but Mm -hmm. we started Zero in on those most valuable customers, or we call them as high potential customers, right, where right. To look grow, uh, you know, them. So unlike the term target customer, which used to probably describe a particular person um, or a company there, we are now looking at the most valuable customers and prospects who mm-hmm. have the propensity to buy. Got it. And even in a phase which is during Corona. So now the triggers or the business imperatives may be different company wise. Company like mm-hmm. some may be looking at what you mentioned, cutting their losses, right. or some may be looking at reducing their operational costs or mm-hmm. reducing their total cost of ownership. Mm-hmm. So, um, so for us, the ideal customer profile is really the most valuable customers who have the more, who are most likely to buy or who have a high propensity to buy. Right. Now, they should not be confused with total addressable market because you are going narrow and deep, right? right? You are now defining your set of customers or your universe whom you are going to potentially target for a lot of your marketing activities. So from us, the segmentation really, our universe becomes really smaller. So it's no longer spray and pray. It is really Mm -hmm. narrow and deep. So we're moving from broad and wide to narrow and deep. So now we are looking at how do we scale some of our marketing activities Mm -hmm. uh, to suit, you know, know, these accounts. So we need to understand A, the highest value accounts, which is Mm -hmm. what we have done over the course of last year. Mm -hmm. And now we're looking at creating scalable and repeatable strategies and tactics to engage and convert more growth in these accounts. Mm -hmm. So the land and expand strategy is what we have defined for ourselves with segmentation. So Mm -hmm. that helps us, you know, that helps us sort of streamline our budget and resources Mm -hmm. uh, both from sales and marketing standpoint. So ICP creation is really based on, you know, understanding the high potential accounts. And we have put a scorecard for that as well, as to how do we identify a high potential account and certain KIs and parameters that we've defined and making sure that we, you know, double down on those. And we constantly as a team, whether it's the, we call them as the growth team. So whether it is the uh, sales team or the marketing team or the delivery team or the customer success team, All of us work together to zero in on the growth for those high value customers.
0: Nice, nice. And, and for, for these, these particular customers, right? Like for these ICP, you said you, you're kind of going along with the land and expand strategy, which is like great. So in, in your case, what are some of the activities that, you know, has really helped you to activate or to, you know, enable this land and expand strategy at inchure right? Is it, is it ABM or, or, is you no know, is it physical events or, you know, is it any other activities?
1: So I go back to pre-COVID days or BC, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, when it was BC, I guess, you know, physical events would be the largest draw for us right, right. in terms of getting customers as like any other B2B company, correct? And uh, we be, uh, we participated in uh, many big events or roadshows or trade shows of, uh, you know, SAP and we continue to do that. And uh, what we've seen is traditionally most of our large customers Or high value customers have come through introductions in these trade shows like Mm -hmm. Sapphire and pretty much regional Mm events. Now, obviously, COVID has changed all of that. We've not had a single physical event last year. We were planning to attend many. And as you know, all of the physical events moved to virtual and pretty much starting March right, last year. Mm. So no physical events have happened. Having said that, that's not stopped our momentum uh, from a marketing standpoint or a demand generation strategy has not stopped. We continue to, uh, as organizations like SAP continue to sort of recalibrate their, you know, marketing uh, strategies, we very quickly started to dovetail into them, you know. We were one of the early partners in the game who started to sort of put together, we start. We in fact redefined our offering and value proposition itself Uh, Mm -hmm. and we started to uh, sort of see that you know there is consumption for something which is tangible which basically is not is quick digital adoption so our message quickly changed to accelerate digital adoption and we didn't focus on digital transformation which is what i guess most companies were doing right Mm -hmm. like multi-year scalable of operations and you know looking at different processes within the company and trying to bring them and marry them together uh, and building an ecosystem uh, which is digitally enabling a lot of their processes because each process is linked to the other in an enterprise mm-hmm. now started to very quickly uh, sort of uh, see that uh, that probably needs to change and uh, we need to now bring about something called as consumable services which is short to implement a shorter cycle to implement. It has a shorter sales cycle. And very quickly, we started to roll out these offerings with SAP. And we, mm-hmm. it came under the umbrella of packet solutions, something like what you call in marketing as snackable content, right? We uh-huh. came up with offerings, so that you know, they are easy to digest and consume, and they don't cause a huge dent, or don't break the bank for the company. Mm-hmm. Because we know that our customers are going through uh, quite a bit of churn, and there is a lot of pressure on cost. Uh, at the same time, employee engagement is crucial uh, because manufacturing. Many of the large customers are manufacturing bases uh, whose factories have shut down, and suddenly they have to be on digital. So we came out with something called as COVID offerings, and we didn't call them as COVID offerings, but uh, SAP did, and we started to sort of you know support right. SAP our offerings on that so yes. i think that's where we started to a uh, So to to sort of summarize that, it's really about fine tuning or refining the offerings to suit a customer event, which obviously was pandemic and also the scenarios and, you know, challenges our customers were facing or SAP's customers were facing and very quickly recalibrate marketing strategies moving from physical to virtual. We did about 22 webinars with SAP across the globe uh, where we partnered with SAP on, you know, introducing some of these offerings. In fact, the series was called, you know, accelerating digital adoption of uh, increasing employee engagement or maintaining employee productivity and, you know, reducing the uh, cost of operations during this crisis that many of our customers are facing. So uh, we, were in, we were one of the early partners who sort of started to message that. And uh, now we're seeing some successes from, it's been a journey of two uh, quarters, and now we are seeing early signs of success where, you know, some of this um, is resonating with the customers and we are opening logos with some of these packaged offerings now.
0: Nice. I think accelerating digital adoption and, you know, increasing employee productivity, I think these phrases and these keywords are kind of gold to me because, you know, we at WhatFix also work on, you know, these, these particular things, right? (laughs) So yeah. <laughs> you know it's really great to know that like this is kind of working for you as well. So like after segmentation, right? Like once once you know that you know these these are the companies that are probably gonna you know buy the product, and these are the companies that you want to focus on to market and to nurture and maybe to upsell and to land and expand. Basically, then then how exactly do you personalize? your marketing for each of these segments, right? Because uh, land and expand strategy is there, yes. But at the same time, you also have to acquire new accounts and you have to get those new inbound requests coming in, right? And even in those inbound requests, you might have, have segmentation for different industries, right? So then how do you really personalize your marketing to each of these different segments or, you know, micro segments? And and you can mention any any tools or any platforms that you really love that you use for personalization.
1: Yeah, so this is a journey for us. ABM is something which we are working on and COVID has just amplified the need for it. So while for inbound leads, I think I referenced uh, two platforms. One is, of course, our applications themselves are listed on the uh, App Center, which is SAP's uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, marketplace for uh, services and solutions of partners like Incha, So mm-hmm. that's where uh, we get uh, most of our inbound inquiries. And we also get our inbound inquiries from our website channel. So these are the two digital channels that we are currently sort of looking at. Uh, We are honing the messaging, and as SAP is also changing some of the um, attributes of the platform to make it more business friendly and customer friendly, we are working on that. So, clearly, the amplification or go to market is with SAP. So, we are looking at making sure that we are there, present in both these channels, and of course, social, anything that whether it's a product launch, whether it's an offering launch, or a new partnership announcement, these are the two things which uh, we are driving through both these channels. Uh, having said that, from a tool standpoint, that, uh, see ABM, I think ABM for micro segments works when you map stakeholders according to an imperative or initiative in the organization. Right. So account. So there are two things in ABM, right? You have mm-hmm. contact and you have insights. Right. And so account intelligence essentially is about both. It's about context where you get to know who your target persona or person is. Persona mm-hmm. is probably, you know, attributes, but person is who is the person that you're looking to target mm-hmm. and uh, with what message because the message will obviously change based on the person in the account. Mm-hmm. So covering the accounts and mapping to the accounts and ensuring we get quality data. We mm-hmm. use, uh, you know, SAPs, um, database. And we also, because we are an SAP partner, we do have access to some of their customer database and the ICP really comes from there because we are a a digital applications company where we're looking at Uh, you know, customers who are on a cloud journey. If they are on ERP, then they are looking to move to SAP cloud platform. And uh, if they are on-prem, then we're looking at uh, some services that can enable them to be Mm -hmm. on the cloud platform. So we do have that list. And since we co-sell with SAP, we do get that Intel. So a lot of the Intel comes from SAP. Having said that, we also use SAP's tools and products, which is virtual agency. SAP has its own, you know, digital market. Marketing tools and our Aberdeen Group is something which we rely on for right. contacts. Uh, for insights we use traditionally all would be a summation of multiple tools like linkedin sales navigator right. um, now we are now currently also looking at of course we have our own crm where we build out a lot of this uh, data but from an intel standpoint or account based mining standpoint we use you know linkedin sales navigator and we are looking at multiple other insight tools which give us more triggers you know what um, would be the right play or sales play to the right person and that's something which we are exploring some tools like xiq and lead bridge and right. um, you know inside view and dun and bradstreet so we were exploring some of these tools but uh, i think hopefully in 2021 we'll probably zero in on a couple of them and uh, build out because it's it's just not uh, data right you have to build that insights and create that message uh, mm-hmm. which uh, is relevant to that particular uh, contact or that person that you're looking to target so we're building Mm -hmm. that out uh, as we speak and hopefully in 2021 or end of 2021 i'll be in a better position to answer uh, (laughs) how it's working for us
0: that's really great to know so do you have any any campaigns or you know any activities that you have planned that you really believe in and are really excited about you know executing those in in this year
1: yeah, so uh, you know, unlike yearly planning, I have decided to do quarterly planning.
0: So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, yeah. I,
1: I, uh, so that's one. Uh, that's the one fundamental change that I'm making this year.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, I'm, I'm sort of looking at. Uh, of course, our financial year starts in April, so right now we are in the process of uh, planning. For next year Mm -hmm. and in that planning i'm sort of looking at uh, breaking down some of the campaigns that worked very well last year to continue with those and i mentioned about those packaged offerings right that we we were able to open accounts with our focus would be also to partner on some of the industry-led campaigns and we've seen uh, that to work or will begin to work this year Mm We are, as a company, Inkshire is focused on four uh, primary industries. One is, uh, you know, oil and gas, Mm -hmm. which is under the ambit of, uh, you know, energy and natural resources. Mm -hmm. We have life sciences and pharma. We have manufacturing. And then we have consumer goods and retail so and north america is our largest market so there will be a cross section of campaigns that we will run which will be industry-led i'm quite excited about one campaign which is oil and gas uh, Mm. specifically catering to upstream companies and uh, i'm also excited and that's where we've we've had some success Mm. and we won innovation awards for them as well from sap so we've uh, We've built some competence around that area where we believe and we've also got expertise in building a digital ecosystem or an oil field, as we call it. So that's Mm -hmm. an area that uh, is something which I'm looking uh, to launch as a campaign. Uh, So it's industry. We're also participating in NRF, you know, in North America. So there are a couple of products or applications that we are going to bring out in that particular, you know, trade show. It's virtual, of course. The first chapter is next week and it's virtual. And then the second one is, or the second half of that is in June, hopefully by which time I think There'll be some physical event or semblance of some physical event where we get to see customers, but we're looking at launching a couple of products or applications that we are building there. So there could be uh, two product launches, industry and a mix of regional campaigns. Mm-hmm. Again, quarter on quarter, Sunil, so that's nice. where the focus would be uh, to make sure that we, again, our strategy will be narrow and deep to mm-hmm. see right. a bit of success, breed success, right? And given that marketing itself has gone through quite a bit of, uh, you know, shift in terms of thinking and execution, what used to uh, work in 2018 and before, I mean, on 2019 and before may not work going forward, right? So we need to really constantly recalibrate and see uh, what works and what doesn't. And depending on that, uh, you know, fine tune the strategy, so to speak. So it's going to be a quarterly plan and execution and hopefully we'll, uh, hopefully we'll learn from that as well.
0: Totally. that That's really important, right? Even if it succeeds or fails, learning and, you know, trying to improving and, you know, always keep, you know, experimenting and doing new things is, is something which should keep on happening. And I'm really sure it will work because this uh, is an exciting campaign. So, Great. So I think we have reached the course for, for this, this episode and I have, you know, the lightning round for you. So I have like three uh, questions in the lightning round and, you know, you have to answer like whatever uh, comes on top of your mind first. Are you ready?
1: Yes. Awesome. I'm ready.
0: Great. So first one, like what's the one book or podcast or newsletter or or any website uh, for learning that you would want to recommend to the listeners?
1: So Forbes sends out CMO Council newsletter. Mm. I would highly recommend it's a weekly news bite. I would highly recommend that. And it's it's available for anybody. Anybody can subscribe to that. You can just go to Forbes Communication Council on LinkedIn and uh, you can subscribe to that group. You will get posts. That's, they send out a CMO news bite every week. Nice. Uh, talks about best practices, in abm that talks about best practices and also leadership movements what campaigns are working across the globe so one can learn new in the field of content so definitely that's one recommendation from me
0: great i i would second that too because i also had recently subscribed to that like a couple of months ago and uh, and so far it's been really helpful uh, to me as well so i would second that so yeah second question like what's your one prediction for marketing in 2021
1: AI. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. i um, so you know I I think you know I was I've been I've been talking to a lot of companies to see how you can you mine data right. Mm-hmm. So there's tons of data available on customers and um, on their buying preferences and intent data how do you sort of make sense of that data for decision-making? This is still, I mean, there's no silver bullet to this, but I'm saying that, you know, there is still an opportunity for us to use some qualitative and quantitative analysis where Inch is relatively small, but a lot of the larger organizations I'm seeing that they are using or our customers are using a lot of AI. And, you know, I think there's an opportunity to use predictive analytics in understanding customer preferences, segmentation, it also helps you sort of profiling some of your um, key target accounts uh, and making sure uh, you know the messaging that you want to uh, provide, there's some intelligence around that which systems can also give you. Uh, of course, right. I'm not saying it um, would eliminate any kind of human intelligence or manual intervention, but uh, that anyways needs to apply. But a lot of this data needs to be in a digestible format. And I'm seeing a lot of companies focused on building that. So that's one trend that I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We've heard about lead scoring, marketing qualified leads, sales accepted leads for a very long time. I'm really excited about something called as account scoring and, you know, account qualification, because the future is going to be uh, tapping into high value accounts. So, and that's where I think AI and some amount of predictive analytics is going to help us there. So I'm excited about that.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And, and my last question in the lightning round, what's the number one thing that has helped you shorten your learning curve in 2020?
1: I have spoken, I speak to two marketing companies or companies who are focused on marketing on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, that's shortening my learning curve tremendously because A, I'm getting to see innovation in marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually these don't uh, go together, right? You associate innovation with technology, right? Uh, but I'm seeing marketing innovation and nice. seeing marketing data innovation, and I think that's that's something which I'm talking to companies about. And I'm seeing so much happening in our country that you know a lot of founders have come out with different. Uh, ways of you know extracting data and intel and making sure whether it's in the content aspect whether it's the demand aspect or the supply aspect i think mm-hmm. all around data and innovation so I'm, I'm talking to on an average i'm talking to one or two companies a week and i'm so excited nice. to see the you know the innovation that is coming out and what the aspirations and visions of these companies are primarily driven by their own personal challenges and experiences of doing marketing especially in the b2b space So I'm seeing that uh, happen and uh, talking to them is shortening my learning curve so that I can do some marketing experiments with them and making sure that they are successful and uh, making sure that marketing in Inchure is also successful. So it's a win-win proposition. So that's (laughs) really shortening my curve.
0: (laughs) That's really great. And you know, what, what could be gold in this, Somya? Like if you are taking notes and if you make those public, that would be really useful to many people out there. So just... Maybe just just a thought, but it, it could be really helpful. <laughs> um,
1: Absolutely. And uh, I, I plan to do that. Uh, it's going to come out pretty soon by the oh, end nice. of March. Hmm. I must have I must have met at least 20 to 30 companies in the last three months. So yeah. I to share what I have found. Some of them, I've, of course, are in the implementation phase. So I'm yet to see some successes out of that, but it's a learning for me as well. So hopefully by March, uh, you will definitely see a post from me on what my recommendations would be, at least uh, from my learning experience on all of these conversations Uh, and
0: experiments. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks a lot, uh, Somya, for your time. And I'm going to make sure I'm, I'll make sure to include your LinkedIn uh, URL in in the description for this episode so that, you know, people can connect with you on LinkedIn and, you know, sometime in March, they would be uh, looking at your profile to, you know, for the, for the post and for the learnings that you're going to be sharing. So thanks a lot for taking time this lovely Monday afternoon to come on the show and speak with us and sharing all these great insights with the audience.
1: Thank you, Sunil, for inviting me to this podcast. And go marketing. Go marketing.
0: Go marketing, yeah.